You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Bucks. It's Frank Madden joining you for another solo podcast. It's just good luck at this point, people. Eric Name busy writing up another piece at The Athletic covering tonight's third straight Bucks win. Milwaukee wins 113-101 in Boston to take a 3-1 series lead. But you already knew that. That's why you're listening to this podcast. You're, you're trying to soak it in. Because winning three straight games against the Boston Celtics is, uh, well, I, I can't think of a better statement about what this year's Bucks team has stood for, has meant, and just how well they have played as a team than, uh, in a lot of ways, it's, it's, it's some ways it's, it's more fitting in a way that, that they would have a disappointing game and then bounce back with three straight gutsy wins against uh, obviously a very talented Celtics team, uh, a team that, you know, we thought would present matchup problems uh, for the Bucks, And to see the way the Bucks have responded, uh, to see the way Giannis Adetokounmpo in particular has responded, it's been a lot of fun. And the story tonight, MVP Giannis, uh, I mean, there's no other place to start than that. 39 points on 15 out of 22 shooting from the field, 16 rebounds, four assists, a steal, a block. Just two turnovers, two out of five from three, seven out of ten from the line. The referees made sure he didn't get uh, as many free throws tonight, but uh, it did not matter despite foul trouble. Giannis with another dominant performance. And really, uh, this podcast could be a lot of cut and paste from game three, to be honest. It was Giannis and a whole lot of help from the bench once again in Boston Another big close to the third quarter that saw the Bucks take control of this game. And there were, of course, some differences. Uh, I think if you're talking about this game sort of at a macro level, um, both teams left a lot to be desired from a shooting standpoint. The Bucks 8 out of 37 from 3. The Celtics 9 out of 41 from 3. I think both teams' fan bases probably found themselves saying, Man, if we just could make some shots, we could actually be doing pretty well in this game. But um, neither team really got warmed up at any point or really any extended period at all tonight. And, um, you know, the two teams, Bucks 107.8 offensive rating, 96.4 defensive rating. Bucks ended up being still pretty efficient because of what they were able to do inside, led by Giannis. 66 to 44 edge in the paint. That number has just grown seemingly uh, leaps and bounds every game. I think it was what 26 points in the paint first game. I think 34 of the second game, 52 
in game three and 66 today. They have just continued to loosen up that Celtics defense more and more each game with Giannis growing game by game in terms of his ability to get things going inside. And for the second straight game, George Hill was just huge. 15 points on 11 shots in 27 minutes, five assists, four rebounds. And really, the I think in many ways, the story of this game, even though the Celtics did cut it to five in the fourth quarter when, you know, they really was Giannis who uh, applied the finishing touches to this game. Um, it was that third quarter uh, where the Bucks once again kind of uh, set themselves apart. Boston, 30 points in the first quarter. They lead by eight. Bucks come back, trim the lead to two at halftime. Bucks could have taken a an advantage going into halftime. They were up four, 47, 43, had momentum kind of going their way. Nikola Mirotic got an outlet pass, gets fouled, could have put the Bucks up six. He misses two free throws, and then the Celtics score the last six points of the second quarter. And perhaps most importantly, Giannis gets called for a defensive foul, and then he gets called for a charge uh, on a short roll uh, on the Bucks' last possession. And that set up really uh, the third quarter where obviously the Bucks have really differentiated themselves the last three games. Boston used it obviously to their advantage big time in game one. And once again, the third quarter was was pretty decisive. Bucks win the third quarter 33-23. They win the fourth quarter 33-29. Um, and this time though, you know, last game the story was fouls, but it was Celtics fans whining about, you know, Giannis getting too many trips to the foul line. This game, Giannis scores seven quick points, but then picks up his fourth foul, goes to the bench with uh, 8-18 remaining. It's 59-59 when he goes to the bench. And obviously you're just trying to say, okay, just keep it close at that point. You're wondering, you know, is Mike Boonholzer going to be able to bring him back late in the third quarter maybe? Will he have to? But George Hill in particular with Chris Middleton really struggling, four out of 19 from Chris tonight. Uh, and Eric Bledsoe struggling for much of the game, kind of started to get it going a little bit in the second half, but Bledsoe was also not at his best, had foul trouble as well. Hill had his own foul trouble, uh, but Hill comes in and really marshals that second unit once again. Uh, you, all, you, all you have to do is look in the box score and the plus minuses, and you can kind of see what happened at the end of the third quarter in particular. Pat Connaughton was a plus 22 in this game. He scored just nine points, three out of seven shooting, but... Um, he was good again, 10 rebounds for Pat Connaughton in 33 minutes, uh, again, relying heavily on him and Sterling Brown actually also played, uh, and had just one bucket in the third quarter. Uh, but he was a plus 11. He was, he was part of the unit that, you know, kind of observed as the Celtics sort of self-destructed once again, but the Bucks to their credit also didn't give them anything easy, you know, didn't make life too easy on the Celtics. Um, Ursula Lysova. Not a great shooting night. I mean, three out of nine, missed both of his threes, but six rebounds, three assists, a couple of steals, six points. He was plus 10, and kind of the Bucks just got away with, you know, being able to play guys other than Giannis in that third quarter. And once again, it was Hill, you know, blowing by, by guys, getting to the rim, hit a big three. Uh, he was just tremendous in terms of just keeping the Celtics on their toes and just Boston just can never get kind of that big run to uh, to try to gain gain a lot of momentum. You know, they had a double-digit lead early in this game, but Bucks were able to just kind of absorb that and come back. Kind of, you know, a, a theme we've seen multiple times in this series. And ultimately, kind of the Bucks' top-end talent with Giannis just kind of won out. I mean, Giannis goes to the bench with 22 points with 8-18 to 18 left in the third quarter. He comes back in the fourth quarter, plays the entirety of the fourth. 
and puts up 17 points in the final quarter. Just a tremendous effort by him. Uh, I think he was six out of nine in that final quarter. Uh, and he closed this one out and sends the Bucks back to Milwaukee with a 3-1 lead and the chance to close it out. Um, going through kind of three bucks, we'll do the three bucks, three numbers, three good, three bad, like we have as usual, uh, to kind of try to hopefully hit the main themes of this game. Again, this is sort of a rapid reaction. The Bucks game just ended, um, but hopefully I'll be able to at least hit the main things. We'll, we'll talk to Eric hopefully tomorrow and hit all the things that, that I missed, but I mean, you know, three bucks, uh, where to begin? Hmm. Yeah. I think, I think it's with Giannis, uh, all caps exclamation point. Um, he was just so good tonight, especially in that second half, uh, bucks. Once again, were able to get him moved around playing against different guys. It wasn't just Al Horford, not that Horford was, was locking him down either. Um, I thought tonight was a night of Giannis spin moves. Uh, Those are so deadly, especially against smaller players and, you know, it seemed like the Celtics tonight, they really wanted to pressure the ball, play physical, uh, make the life difficult on the Bucks going, uh, you know, from, from the outside in. And I think that actually worked against them in a lot of ways because it just seemed like time and again, the Celtics were kind of in spots where, you know, Giannis or, or sometimes other guys like Bledsoe in particular, I mean, if they were able to beat that pressure on the perimeter, then there just was kind of a really spaced out, Celtics defense behind that and uh, we saw maybe a little bit more of Aaron Baines tonight. he played seven minutes tonight rather than the two he played the other night but um, you know the Celtics again they, they were trying to play small you know the guys off the bench that played Gordon Hayward Marcus Smart returning and, and Terry Rozier so you know nothing physical coming off the bench Sammy Ojale did not play tonight um, Kyrie Irving played 44 minutes <laughs> 23 points on 22 shots after proclaiming he would not go eight out of 22 again. He went seven out of 22 tonight. Uh, so his night ended with uh, booze in what, again, I don't want to jinx it, but could be uh, potentially his final game in Boston. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just seemed like Giannis was, was again, time and again, playing against smaller guys. And, you know, when they tried to kind of, you know, again, to kind of over overplay anything, he was able to put the ball on the floor, be really patient spin back to the other side. And again, just when Giannis pulls off that spin move, he covers so much ground that it's just, you know, he's shielding the ball from those little guys as he spins. And then when he comes back on the other side, Celtics just couldn't bring help fast enough in order to slow him down or or at least foul him. Uh, And so it just meant a lot of Giannis being able to get to the rim. Some really nice moves from him tonight, including what was the exclamation point. I think it was Kyrie overplaying him uh, at the top of the arc and uh, he ends up spinning out of that and driving dunking. It was Jalen Brown gets in a token hack for the end one. And uh, you know, just a, a monster night from Giannis. He had another spinning dunk uh, on who was it? I think, I think it was Brown uh, or maybe it was Morris uh, late in the game as the Bucks were kind of once again, putting the game out of reach kind of in a semi transition, cutting in from the left wing and again, when he's in transition and you don't build that wall, and I, I just don't think the Celtics were disciplined enough tonight, consistently trying to build that wall against him, especially in the second half. He's just a ton. He's a load. Um, and and we just saw that time and time again. And just, uh, I mean, as a, as a Bucks fan, you just have to be so excited to see Giannis rising to the occasion in these crucial games like these on the road. Uh, he comes back, you know, puts up 32-13, eight assists, two steals, three blocks, 
the other night, comes back with 39 points, 16 rebounds, four assists, a steal a block, a couple turnovers tonight. Um, you know, fighting through that that foul trouble, just can't say enough about what he did in, in terms of just putting the team on his back for long stretches, especially with Middleton struggling in a way that we really haven't seen him struggle either of these these two postseasons uh, against the Celtics. So, again, can you say enough about Giannis? No, uh, but in the interest of getting getting this podcast done at some point tonight. I'll hit the pause button on Giannis uh, and then talk more about George Hill. And again, you know, the other night it was Giannis, Hill, Chris Middleton ended up playing well, and Pat Connaughton. Those were kind of the four obvious guys to highlight. Tonight, Chris struggles, uh, but Hill and Connaughton were, again, the, the rocks off the bench for the Bucks. 15 points tonight for Hill, 6 out of 11. Um, and look, in that third quarter, it was not the Celtics B team that he was, you know, marshalling the Bucks offense and succeeding against Kyrie and Al Horford were out there for the majority of that time. And when he was closing that third quarter, it was against Kyrie. It was against Al Horford. Kyrie did a pretty good job just sort of conning, <laughs> cutting uh, fouls uh, for the second straight game, but it looked like he just didn't have confidence. He was going to score otherwise. And um, you know, you see him go one out of seven from three forcing stuff Again, Kyrie's one of the best tough shot makers in the league, but for the second straight game, it's just, you know, Bucks played their defense. Bucks tried to show him bodies. Bucks tried to wall him off from getting into the paint for easy buckets, and for the most part, we're able to do that. And 23 points on 22 shots, you will take that uh, every night. He had five fouls. He had four turnovers. It was a minus six. Did have 10 assists. So, I mean, again, kind of some of the driving and kicking was working. Um but again, just not enough, especially on the night when the Celtics, like the Bucks, just couldn't couldn't hit enough shots. Um, so George Hill outplaying Kyrie Irving for the second straight game. Yeah, you're going to probably beat the Celtics if that happens, especially when Giannis is is apex Giannis. You don't necessarily need uh, the other Bucks uh, kind of bigger names to to kind of come through. And as the third guy again, I, th- I think you, you'd highlight Pat Connaughton. Um, you know, he had some rough moments today, uh, had some very Pat Connaughton moments when he was forced to defend Kyrie and other smalls, um, you know, when Hill and, and Bledsoe had some early foul trouble in the first half. We saw Connaughton get kind of blown by a couple times. Um, and, and again, you're going to see that from Pat Connaughton. He's, he's you know, he's he's obviously not, could, you know, he's not uh, able to, to guard a guy like Kyrie consistently. Um, but, you know, when he is playing with a more disciplined unit and you can kind of harness that, that athleticism. I mean, we saw kind of the patented Pat Connaughton perimeter block turned into dunk the other way. Uh, that was probably the, the, the biggest moment of, uh, of that second unit, uh, getting things going against the Celtics in that third quarter. Uh, I think it was Terry Rozier at the top of the arc, trying to get a shot up. Uh, Connaughton closes out hard as he always does. And, Sometimes that isn't a good thing. Tonight, uh, on that play in particular, it was he deflects the shot. Sterling Brown heads up, grabs the the kind of short shot, obviously, and immediately launches it with a two-handed overhead pass down court to Connaughton, who throws it down with two hands. And, you know, again, you could just feel the the energy getting sapped out of the building when that play happened uh, for the, the Arlington native, which, may, again, had to make it, again, just so sweet to have another good game uh, in Boston. So... Big credit to Connaughton. I mean, you know, again, I don't think we would have expected early in the season that Pat Connaughton would be playing 30 minutes a night in the playoffs. Obviously, a lot of this is due to injuries, right? It's due to Malcolm Brogdon being hurt. It's due to Tony Snell kind of bouncing out of the rotation just because of that unfortunate ankle injury. But 
uh, credit to Pat. He's had some bad games, like game one, <laughs> and he's had some really good games. And he's been big, especially these last couple games. And, and it's just been fun to see, given, uh, given what he's been able to do. And especially, man, Gordon Hayward. Uh, Gordon Hayward getting just roundly outplayed by Pat Connaughton in this series. I mean, that's that's kind of uh, the series in a nutshell. You know, when you look at some of these matchups, George Hill outplaying Kyrie Irving now over multiple games. Pat Connaughton outplaying Gordon Hayward again, just... Hayward couldn't get anything going off the dribble in terms of attacking one out of five in 27 minutes, two points, no assists, which is usually the thing he can do is get some kind of drive and kick going, but he's just such a non-threat to score right now when he drives. It's, it's just tough for him to kind of do anything. And um, I think when you talk about three numbers, you know, I talked the other night when both teams shot pretty well that, you know, if you can kind of cancel out Boston's threes, you probably feel pretty good because again, you expect to win the points in the paint. You don't expect to lose at the foul line. Um, tonight, eight out of 37 for the Bucks. We've seen the Bucks win games by being so dominant in the paint when they shoot poorly tonight. The Celtics, fortunately, missed a lot of shots, nine out of 41. Um, again, I, I don't think you can give the Bucks defense credit for, for too much of that, but, um, you know, I think the Bucks do get credit for the fact that they didn't have their shooting boots and they managed to, to still win this game. And I think that kind of brings up the second number, which is 66 to 44. I mean, 66 pain points just a monster number to have against anyone, uh, let alone a great defensive team like Boston, especially just given the way that they have been disciplined through much of this series, especially in that first game, in terms of walling off the paint, getting back in transition, the Bucks 22 to 13 uh, in transition tonight. And, you know, again, just getting the defense loosened up, getting uh, angles for Giannis to drive. Obviously, that's just a huge thing. And, um, you know, 25 to 20, it ended up being in fouls in terms of the Bucks had more fouls tonight. Uh, Boston was, uh, let's see, plus seven at the foul line. 30 free throws hit 24. Bucks again, not great from the foul line, 17 out of 25. Um, so nothing to complain about if you're a Celtics fan tonight. Uh, they had uh, certainly the benefit of the whistle tonight. And I think some of that, to their credit, was being more aggressive uh, going to the basket at times. But um you know, as the game wore on, I think it was 18 to nine at one point in terms of foul differential. And as the game kind of wore on the Bucks aggression, I think began to serve them better and better. And uh, ultimately 25 to 20 was the foul differential. So no crying tonight for the Celtics. Uh, and, you know, again, I think the Bucks, you know, again, 57% on twos. That was something I think they were in the low thirties, mid thirties uh, in game one. And obviously we, we know with their game, uh, when they can get to uh, to the rim, they tend to play well. And um, one other number to throw out, just eight turnovers for the Bucks tonight. Um, that's big. The Bucks have not been a team that forces turnovers. Uh, didn't force many tonight, just 12. Uh, they did better the other night. But, you know, when it's 12 to 8 in terms of turnovers and the Bucks are on the right side of that, again, that will help you make up for the fact that uh, the fouls didn't necessarily go your direction tonight. And, uh, you know, threes, you're actually uh, slightly on the negative there uh, at nine out of 41. Um, in terms of three good, three bad, I mean, three good, obviously, mo the most valuable freak, right? Uh, an MVP performance from Giannis. And it's fun because, you know, Kawhi Leonard has been just a machine for the, uh, for the Toronto Raptors of late. He's been uh, just every night bringing it in a way that I think is showing, you know, he's elevating his game as Toronto has fought back to even that series with Philly 2-2. Two -two. 
So yeah, it's pretty fun to see Giannis doing the same, right? Uh, you know, th- there is a lot of competition right now for the best player in the East, for the best player in basketball. Uh, our friend Nate Duncan uh, had a tweet tonight saying, you know, the way Giannis, KD, and Kawhi have been elevating their games. I mean, it's it's really those three guys right now that that have just been bringing it at a different level throughout these playoffs. You know, Harden had a great night the other day. Um, my, my wife would uh, make sure that is noted. She is a Rockets fan. Uh, but you know, again, the way that, that Giannis has elevated his game since that bad first game had just been a ton of fun to watch and, and especially do it on the road uh, against a team that, you know, supposedly had some things figured out. You know, the fact that the adjustments have kind of game over game shown the Bucks to be the better team repeatedly now, I think just says says a lot. Um, the bench, bench is obviously the other huge theme from tonight's game. Again, 59-59 when Giannis went to the bench. They outscore Boston 21 to 13 in the remainder of the third period over the last eight minutes. Uh, and again, a lot of that was with not just Giannis, but Chris was on the bench the final six minutes. Bledsoe missed most of that time. Uh, it was this kind of, I don't want to say ragtag, but, you know, George Hill, Sterling Brown, Pat Connaughton, uh, you know, combination of Lopez, Hill, and Miritich. Sorry, Lopez, Ursan, uh, and Miritich getting the minutes there. I think Mike Prada from. Uh, SB Nation, our buddy, had a stat that I think, uh, I forget which combination it was, but I think it might have been Miritich, Lopez, Hill, Connaughton, Brown had like four minutes together total <laughs> during the regular season. So not exactly the regular rotations uh, for the Bucks there, but due to those fouls, uh, they had to get a bit creative, a bit doing different things than they normally do. Uh, and I think that's where kind of the systematized nature of what the Bucks have done this year, I think helps you, right? Because you know, you can be thrown into these situations where it's maybe not a group of guys that have played a ton of minutes together, but the Bucks play a very specific style and they have learned to play it very, very well. And, um, you know, tonight we saw the Bucks doing again, a lot of situational switching. Um, you know, I think games three and four, I can't tell you off the top of my head, you know, if they switched more in games three or four, I'd, I'd really have to look at it again. Um, but again, we saw a lot of, you know, a lot of the switching. We saw them also try at times to, to not switch if they didn't have to. Um, but again, the Bucks kind of rolling with the punches. They, you know, didn't let any one thing kind of kill them. And again, some of that is just because the Celtics are missing shots. Um, but, you know, again, um, I, I think it's a credit to, to Mike Budenholzer for the fact that, he's been able to run with some of these bench units and not get stung. And I think that's, again, a lot of that's the groundwork of what they did during the regular season. And again, we saw them go to switching lineups at times, um, especially when they were down. We saw, especially with Connaughton lineups, we saw them do that more and more regularly. I think tonight we saw, um, we saw them for a while, especially in that third quarter, get away with Boston, not really being able to take advantage of some of the big little mismatches, uh, especially when Horford got Mitch, got mismatched on to smaller guys like Bledsoe or Hill. In the fourth quarter, Boston, I think, did a better job. They were able to get uh, Horford down low, get him some some easier shots when he had smalls on him. Um, again, Celtics made a run after the Bucks went up 12. They won on a quick 7-0 run. Um, but credit to the Bucks. I mean, they, they responded whenever... Whenever there was uh, kind of that moment of uh, of questioning, of doubt, of the crowd really getting into it, I thought Mike Budenholzer did a really nice job using his timeouts to try to suss out uh, any runs before they kind of really got going for Boston. And, you know, again, just the Celtics just, it's kind of been the story of this series. Like they just so often, 
when they need baskets, they, they just don't play that kind of really attractive ball movement style drive and kick game, or they just can't do it consistently. And, you know, they end up having guys trying to force shots and whether it was Kyrie or uh, Jalen Brown kind of did a couple of times, like you just, you're just able to get them into playing a game that, that you want them to play. And, and we were able to get them to play kind of that math game that, um, that obviously the Bucks have been able to do so successfully all season. So, uh, again, I think a lot of credit to go around and, and, uh, you know, again, <laughs> when you're up three, one, again, there's a, a lot of positive things to be said by everyone. And I think, you know, winning ugly, I think there's something to be said for that. You know, I, I think, you know, at some point in a series, you're going to have a game where you don't hit your shots. And, um, you know, this was a worse shooting night from three than, than in any of the previous games, even the, uh, the game that the Bucks. Uh, got destroyed in right they shot i think they were what, 10 out of 28 or something like that in that game i have to double check but um this was you know pretty much as bad as the bucks are going to be in terms of shooting from three and even in spite of that uh they're able to kind of do other things and this is something we've seen the bucks do they can beat you different ways even if they don't have that three-point shot falling they're able to beat you with their inside game and again starts with Giannis. but credit to bledsoe as well i mean he had another really rough start tonight uh but then had some moments, uh, especially in the second half where he got to the rim, was able to finish, uh, you know, defensively him and Hill together were able to harass, um, really do a nice job harassing Kyrie and just kind of making them work. Right. And that's all you can do. And, and then hope he misses shots. And obviously uh, you just, you know, cross your fingers. And, and tonight again, Kyrie missing shots, getting frustrated, uh, kind of lazy, lazy stuff defensively. Uh, there was just a lot of, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of kind of bad Celtic stuff that kind of has plagued the Celtics all season. Um, really just uh, coming back to hurt them. And, um, you know, I thought Bill Simmons had a, had a good tweet, just said, you know, the this team has been doing this for seven months and, you know, we shouldn't be surprised. And this is just who they are. And he said, parenthetically, I could be talking about either team. And, you know, credit to the Bucks, This is who they've been all year. And for the Celtics, unfortunately for them, this is kind of what they've been all year. It's been a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde type team all season. This was also, of course, something of a rock fight <laughs> for long stretches. Uh, so there were definitely some bad things that we can point out. Um, I mean, that first half I thought was definitely not a work of art. Definitely uh, the Bucks giving their coaches a lot to work with in the film room. Um, poor shooting for sure. Uh, but you know we heard it in the half to, in the in the huddles as well. Bud was calling out just the hustle, the fact that the Bucks were not getting to 50-50 balls. There were a bunch of offensive rebounds that the Bucks gave up, including one possession where there were four offensive rebounds. The Celtics were just beating them to every loose ball. But kind of the theme of that first half, the Celtics getting a bunch of loose balls. The Celtics just missing jumpers over and over again. The Bucks were scrambling; they're out of position. It was like uh, I was joking with a friend. It was like. Basically, if five Pat Connaughton's were on the court playing defense at the same time, just everybody running around, closing out as hard as possible and uh, falling for pump fakes. Uh, but, you know, Bucks weathered it. And, um, you know, sure enough, as the game went on, I mean, it's interesting. I think in the first half at one point, Celtics, were, I think we're in the high 20s in terms of their offensive rebound rate, which is not what you want to see from a Bucks team that's generally was great this year in the defensive rebounding category. By the end of the game, 83% defensive rebound rate. They pretty much locked down the Celtics on the offensive glass in that second half entirely. That that energy deficit just disappeared very quickly. Uh, 
Marcus Smart coming back from the injury. You know, we talked about this with Brogdon, you know, the concern that, okay, great. You know, you want Malcolm Brogdon back. You're going to need him if you're going to try to go as far as you think you can go. But what does a guy look like coming back from injury? We saw it last year for Malcolm Brogdon coming back against the Celtics. Not great. Not a great series for Malcolm Brogdon. He's really struggled in that series. Look back at the numbers. I mean, he was statistically probably worse than Bledsoe uh, in that series. But uh, coming back from that quad injury last year, you, you can kind of understand it. And who knows what he'll be like coming back this this ser- this time around, uh, whether it's this series or, you know, God willing, the Bucks finish off the Celtics and go to the Eastern Conference Finals if it's next series. Uh, we know he's close, but I think there's something to be said. And, you know, Malika Andrews on the Zach Lowe pod talked about how, you know, Bud has consistently looked to make sure guys are are fully 100% before bringing them back, that they're kind of as good as they can possibly be. And with Malcolm, clearly they're trying to do that. And we saw with Smart, you know, kind of gave him that emotional boost early, missed a couple shots, then hit a, a three. But overall, I mean, again, he's a guy who has, you know, historically struggled, shot better this year, but is a guy that often hurts you offensively given just his kind of lack of discretion uh, and wildness. And we saw it, you know, he looked like a guy coming back from an injury, minus 13 in 15 minutes, had a couple hustle plays, but, you know, overall one out of seven, all three pointers. Um, He wasn't good, didn't help him. And Terry Rozier was just as bad, one out of five, two points, minus 11 in 10 minutes. So, um, you know, as much as Bledsoe has struggled to really kind of break out of his funk that he had last year against Boston, uh, fortunately, Terry Rozier has been even worse uh, for the most part this series. And, um, you know, again, you just look at that Boston bench. I mean, seven points total from the Boston bench, seven points, 32 to seven, the Bucks outscore the, the Boston bench. And, you know, again, it's just this this narrative of the Boston Celtics being just so deep and so talented. Where is it? You know, we just we just haven't seen it. And you look at that bench and um, Baines kind of can't play against the Bucks. Semi Ojale, I mean, he's not part of that story. Hayward is the biggest guy you'd look at and say, well, that guy should really be, you know, an energizer off the bench. And these last few games just just isn't happening. He just you know, can't help them defensively and just his offense just has not been there with any consistency and even smart coming back, obviously just not at his best. So, um, you know, George Hill and Pat Connaughton just single-handedly shaming the Celtics bench. I think it's just a, been a great story for the bucks. And obviously you just hope that that can continue. You hope that you can get Malcolm back maybe in game five and, uh, you know, again, God willing, close them out in five and get Malcolm a little bit of run, hopefully, before uh, you can have a chance to advance. Um, other bad things, I mean, Chris and Bledsoe shooting. Uh, Bledsoe missed yet another free throw. Uh, tonight, he was one out of three from the line. He was 0 for 4 last game. F- thankfully, hit his last free throw as the Bucks were kind of salting the game away. 0 for 4 from three, but was 6 out of 8 on twos. And, you know, again, when Bledsoe is gets a matchup or he gets a step. I mean, we've seen it. He's obviously is a guy that can really exploit the opposing team in terms of getting to the rim, using that explosiveness. Uh, he was obviously a part of that points in the paint story tonight. Thankfully, um, still a minus two, uh, had some foul trouble, only played 28 minutes, but at least better than, than last game when he was just felt like a, a huge liability. Um, Chris, man, uh, I don't think you're going to see a, as bad a shooting night from Chris Milton, the rest of the playoffs. He was due to probably have some mean reversion in terms of that three-point percentage, but four out of 19, two out of 10 from three. But 
kind of in a true Chris Middleton fashion, did have seven assists, um, was even plus minus 13 points in 37 minutes. I think you're happy to survive a bad shooting like that from Chris. And Nikola Mirotic, also not a great shooting night. You know, he's, he's been, it's not like these, this starting lineup changes really helped the Bucks much. He was just three out of 10, one out of five from three, just two out of four from the line, nine points. Um, you know, six rebounds again. I mean, just sort of was a placeholder there. Uh, I thought defensively, you know, he can be exploited at times, especially because he's having to guard either Tatum or or Jalen Brown when he's out on the court. Those guys were uh, solid tonight. 17 points, 14 shots for Tatum. Did have 10 rebounds, four assists. I mean, um, he's been certainly much better in Boston than he was in Milwaukee. But you know, again, like just he he can't. You know, you, you can get him either on Bledsoe, you can get him on Giannis and he's just going to get exploited. And Jalen Brown, uh, 16 points on 11 shots. He was better. Uh, but you know, five fouls minus 13, just again, just was a struggle for, for them to, to kind of figure it, figure it out. And, and just, just the consistency was never there for Boston again tonight. Um, you know, again, they just can't get sort of sustained good offense. And a lot of that is because of the style they play. They don't have a good shot chart. And when they don't shoot well, they're going to be really bad offensively. I mean, that's just, that's just the truth of the matter. One final negative. Um, I mean, the fact that the Bucks were, you know, uh, not getting a kind whistle at all tonight in a lot of ways makes this game more fun because to hand it to the Celtics again, when their fans were obviously, crying foul, uh, literally and figuratively after the last game to, uh, you know, stick it to them in the second half again, uh, when they don't have that complaint to fall back on, uh, made it kind of extra sweet, but also, you know, again, not something you'd like to see 25 fouls, uh, bucks sort of keeping up the, um, issues that they had. We saw at the end of, uh, the fourth quarter last game when they were just kind of a disaster closing out that game, just fouling, um, you know, again, we, we kind of saw too many fouls again tonight. Uh, again, we'll see how that looks in, in game five. Uh, I think that was probably a charitable whistle for, for the Celtics. But, um, you know, for their credit again, I mean, you know, this is kind of those things like if you come out being kind of physical and handsy and you toe the line on the perimeter, a lot of times you can get away with a lot of stuff. And the irony was, I think, tonight the Celtics getting really handsy at uh, on the perimeter and trying to be really kind of having more ball pressure, I think ultimately sort of hurt them because they ended up kind of just getting themselves spaced out too much. And I think that was really the story, especially in the fourth quarter when Giannis just went to work, just, they, they just could not crowd Giannis in the way you have to. And um, again, some of that was, you know, he got some offensive rebounds and um, was able to get on transition. And again, just the defensive discipline from Boston just wasn't there, which again, I think, you know, it's hard to do that game after game after game against a guy like Giannis but this is now kind of three games in a row where they've gotten sort of progressively worse every game in terms of being able to contain Giannis. And, um, you know, I, I just think, you know, it just, it just shows you that we're talking about one of the great players in the sport, you know, arguably uh, the best player in this game right now. And he's got some competition here in the playoffs, but certainly nothing more enjoyable than seeing Giannis rise to the occasion. So fitting that I end our little segment on bad things, by praising Giannis, right? So um, I think that's it for the night, guys. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed the Bucks Again, closing out game four, winning their second straight in Boston, 113-101. Just one game left. One win needed to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. 
They will return home to Milwaukee looking to close the game out. Um, I am uh, anxious. I'm excited uh, to see exactly how they, hopefully they can pull that off. It'll be interesting to see just how the Celtics respond. Obviously they have not responded uh, in the way that you would expect, uh, especially these last two games coming off Bucks wins and especially being at home. Um, but again, you know, this is, this is why the Bucks were a 60 win team. This is why the Celtics were a 49 win team. And um, again, hopefully more of uh, more of the same to come uh, in game five, but uh, until then enjoy it. We should have a good couple days of, of fun Bucks coverage here for a change. Uh, or not for a change, for continuation of, of fun Bucks coverage. So uh, enjoy that. Enjoy the win. And we will talk to you guys tomorrow. Again, this was Frank Madden. Check out Eric Name stuff at The Athletic tomorrow. And Eric and I will be back hopefully tomorrow night to dig a bit more into what we saw here uh, on Monday night. Take care.